You're tuned into the It's Real podcast with your hosts, Kayla Callender and Andrew Yagi. Each week, we'll talk about what happens behind the scenes working full-time in real estate and share with you real-life stories, our successes, and failures as we work to help consumers and industry professionals reach their real estate and real-life goals. Here we go. Episode 15 of the It's Real podcast. I'm Andrew Yegi, and I'm a real estate agent. Hi, I'm Kayla Callender, and I'm a mortgage lender. And Kayla, we're hitting a milestone today. Woo-hoo. Episode 15, 15 episodes. Mm, we did it. Woohoo. Kind of Let's a, celebrate. <laughs> kind of a, a, a big thing because I feel like a lot of things like this kind of fizzle out. Yeah. Um, you know, before, before they hit such a milestone. Yeah, I think it's kind of like anything, it's like a, a workout, you know structure or anything you start strong and then you fizzle out like you said but here we are 15 in absolutely and mm-hmm. 15 in I, I don't know if there are any other 15s we can point to you've probably been in in mortgage for or banking for at least 15 years <laughs> at least yeah it's been about it's actually this year is 20 years <laughs> 20 years i just aged wow. myself but wow. I was two when I started. That's what that means. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got to get a <laughs> yeah. real early start. Yeah, there well, you go. I, I, I want to talk more about that, Kayla, because yeah. I think that, you know, obviously a lot of people watching this, you know, they, they might know you or they might know me. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's always fun to, you know, share a little bit more uh, about yeah. an individual story um, and just, you know, kind of what makes them tick. So I think we'll get to yeah. that. But uh, what else is going on in, in your world and, and kind of what are you seeing in in lending and real estate in general? You know, I've found rates are pretty, you know, stagnant. They're staying the same. We're seeing them creep up a bit. Inventory, guys, it's still low. It's still lower, so, yeah. you know, and that's, you want to know what? Every market's going to have pros and cons and that's just one in this market. Um, but the good thing is, is, this time of year, there is just something really magical about being in the Midwest because we don't get summer that often. And one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of lately that just warms my heart are people outside and dogs and, and people just truly like staying up later, being around family. And that's kind of what I'm witnessing. And I just cannot get enough of this time of year. So how about you, Andy? What's, what are you would, seeing? What are you witnessing? Yeah, I would agree with you. And and it is refreshing to have nice summer weather because even like, yeah. I know in our house, you know, we've been spending a lot of evenings outside getting mm-hmm. outdoor projects. And I know I, I yeah. feel better, have more energy, higher activity yes. levels just because of the nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in real estate, it, it's still very quiet on the listing yeah. side. I mean, have so many buyers, you know, that we're talking to every day that, hey, we're looking for something or, you know, working with physicians or other professionals relocating to the region. We're looking for something. Even the rental market mm-hmm. is really challenging. And the thing that that's always very interesting to me, Kayla, is, you know, I've got some properties listed and by and large, everything moves very quick. But, you know, I've got a couple of properties, one that's very similar um, in a neighboring community that, uh, you know, a similar property sold that was a little bit smaller, had one fewer garage stall sold just like that a couple of months ago. And now we're, we're having trouble, you know, kind of finding the right buyer for the house. Right. You know, of course, some of the lesser populated areas, you know, the, the markets are going to be a little bit more finicky, mm-hmm. but still we're seeing 
you know, demand um, mm-hmm. you know, far outweigh the supply. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very challenging. But again, like we talk all the time, it, it uh, it's all the more reason to have a, a great team on your side, mm-hmm. you know, sure that that you're successful and what what no doubt will continue to be a very trying market i think it will be especially probably for the next if i had to guess at least a few months it's just kind of how it is and one of the things that i was thinking about the other day was i was like i haven't heard from a few clients lately they were shopping 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 kayla can you run numbers and i it had been about a week or two and i'm like so i reached out i'm like okay did they go somewhere else that happens you know what people might choose someone else checked in again and the last couple clients were like, oh, no, we're working with you. We're, we're sold. We want to be um, have you as our lender. But I think we need to wait. And yeah. a lot of people, and I think I said this before, they're quietly quitting. They're just like yep. almost giving up. So, but I understand it's, it's emotional and there's a lot going on. So I, you know, I've noticed that with some of our buyers too, and and even some sellers as well, people just kind of, you know, taking their time and sitting back, you know, with that being said, I've had, you know, a, a lot of, you know, client meetings this week, you know, talking to people, you know, predominantly about selling and, you know, some even, you know, not making plans until next spring, but, you know, just kind of fact finding and getting the ball rolling. So, mm-hmm. you know, really important, I think, especially on our end, and especially for those that are listening, you know, mm-hmm. go find an, an agent or a lender, someone who's out there actually, you know, doing business and, and actually mm-hmm. has their 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 finger on, on the pulse of the market. Right. right. It's incredibly important. And you just can't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I see there is uh, big news in Fargo, North Dakota today. I see, not to make the show political, yeah. I see Governor Burgum is an, announcing his presidential run. He is. He did this morning. Yes. So that's kind of exciting. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, if we can have someone in North Dakota representing the country, that's awesome. But yeah. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. My mom ran up to the event today. She actually, uh, Doug grew up in Arthur, North Dakota. My mom grew up in, in Arthur as well. So oh, they're best uh, friends. <laughs> yeah, so well, something like that. They go way back at least. And I think I my love grandma, that. grandma used to babysit him way back in the day. So, <laughs> uh, kind of fun to, to see that. And yeah, yeah, it is. It would be good to get get some more uh, more rural, more small town values out in yeah. Washington. Have, uh, I see you're, you're freezing a little bit, Kayla. Must uh, must be having some Wi-Fi issues at home. Maybe it's on on my end, but I'm sure. There you are. There you are. <laughs> hey, hey. What to, on the topic of politics and not to dive into politics, have you ever thought of running for any office, any council, even any leadership, you know, within mortgage, Kayla, or, or banking? or? You know, one of the things that I am passionate, passionate about is education. And some people get real. Some people get really frozen when their when their home Wi-Fi doesn't work, or or home office. Am I am I back? No, you're back. It's I I think it's a computer I'm on. We'll leave it at that. Oh. I won't go into that. Um, I think one of the things when people are considering going to that step of speaking publicly or being on video, they get nervous, they get scared and they just don't want to do it. They've got all of this information to share, but that's the thing keeping them. And one of the things that truthfully doesn't phase me is speaking on stage with people, meeting new people. So I don't know if I'd run for anything political, but anything to do with education, especially in real estate or sales, I would a thousand percent do. Um, I do some coaching on the side. I started that a little bit with sales and social media, but mm-hmm. you just never know. 
I mean, I think you could say the same about you too, Andy, is you're well-connected, you know, people, you, you walk into a room and you're a chameleon, you can talk to anybody. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I thrive like you in situations like that. And it's just so fun to connect with people and get to know them and kind of mm -hmm. get to know their why and, and what makes them tick. That's yeah. the thing that, that I get most excited about. Yeah. Be, being curious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of curious, I'm curious today, Kayla, about you. And obviously, I've, I've known you for quite a number of years, you know, like 18 years. Oh and uh, going going back to the, the, the NDSU days. Um, but I but I think it would be really fun for those that, you know, maybe are, are tuning in into this, you know, which might be our moms and maybe some siblings and a friend or two kind of talk and, and know a little bit more about your story. So, mm -hmm. and I, I think we've touched on, you know, bits and pieces yeah. throughout some of our different episodes, but, but how did you get into lending? By accident, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of us lenders, we joke about all the time, you didn't like dream as a little girl that you want to be a mortgage lender. No one really does because it's Nothing a fairy tale about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we have these ideas about what we want to be when we grow up. And then you have these options in college, right? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to be, you know, a lawyer? You know, you have these hard jobs that you know of that are just very structured. But I think one of the things that got me where I am is just the fact that I was in the financial industry from the age of 15 sure. and it just made sense that I would get a business degree. Truthfully at NDSU, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do with it, but I knew that having a background like that from our, you know, you remember our, you know, whether it's micro or macro econ or it's our business law, like a lot of those things you learned real life things that you're going to experience no matter what. So for me, it just made sense. Like I'm in, I work at the bank, I go for this and I'll figure it out as I go. Sure. And it kind of just happened naturally. It, you work your way up at a bank and at some point they said, you can be a loan officer. And I'm like, can I? And it was baptism by fire. Mm -hmm. But to me, people that are great at sales are great at connecting with people mm -hmm. and relationships. Yeah. And so for me, it was, wow, I really like that piece of being a lender. I can do really well at this if I learn to connect and relate to people. Mm -hmm. And so the rest is just kind of history of, you know, experience and growing in different companies, but truthfully had no intent of being a lender until it was basically presented to me. Sure. And, yeah. and so I know, obviously, so in, in high school, you were, you were doing some, some banking at your hometown bank. Mm -hmm. You came to NDSU. I know you were working at Choice Financial at Walmart. That's always uh, my, my memory of you. And, and then fill in the gap. So you went from there. And, and how did you go from there to, mm -hmm. you know, becoming a lender? So when I was at the bank at Choice Bank, um, I moved to out of the Walmart location and into an actual traditional branch. And I think, you know, you graduate, you know, I graduated college and it just made sense. Hey, Kayla's now full time. She's staying with the company. And I actually went into being a virtual banker. So I was helping people, you know, on the phone uh, with their financial needs, with their their banking. And from there, I knew I wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. And there were two individuals at my bank that just seemed really happy with what they did. Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to do that. They get to help people buy homes. They seem like they get along. They they seem excited. Sure. And they get to talk to people, not on a headset all day. 
So once, you know, there was some movement within the organization and it literally, Andy was, Hey, we've got an opening for a loan officer. Do you want it? Do you want to apply? And I did. And I'll be honest with you. It terrified me completely. I had no idea what debt to income was. I didn't know anything. And I had to learn quickly. And I actually, Andy, I don't know if you know this. I left the industry for mm, two months. I didn't know that. And I was a headhunter. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> not for me. I am and, not aggressive. <laughs> and, 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 and what type of what type of headhunting did you do? Was it was it in banking or it was specialized recruiting. Mm-hmm. So it was, yes, kind of more corporate banking professional jobs. Okay. But it just was not, I was not cut out to call and and hunt and be aggressive. Like I've got this client, I've got this guy named Andy, who's, you know, he's looking for a different, you know, job in this. I, it wasn't for me. And I knew it on day two, it wasn't for me. So I actually took a step back and I was being recruited by another company in town. And I went to work in mortgage there, but as a processor. Okay. So I, that's someone that kind of does all the background, the back end stuff. So I got to learn mortgage more from the ground up, like I should have, which sure. made me a better loan officer because I knew what was going on behind the scenes once I, you know, got a purchase agreement. So from there, I leaned into being a, an originator right away as a hybrid processor, and the rest is history, just with a few different companies. Yeah, wow, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. I didn't realize that you had kind of backroom um, knowledge and experience, and I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think oftentimes, you know, even as I've gotten into real estate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are some days and, and you know, I'm lucky that I've had relationships and, you know, picked up on a lot of it fairly yeah. quickly. But there are days where I wish I would have gone on, you know, more of a, a team mm-hmm. approach and, you know, had just some of the different experiences from like an inside mm-hmm. sales agent making calls all day to, you know, working, you know, some of the different team roles, you know, to get to yeah. know it. However, I'm, I'm very happy with the path that I've taken, but I, I just know that obviously like in doing what you're doing, even if you had skipped some of the back room, the processing work, you're still going to be good. You're going to do a good job, but you just have a, a greater wealth and depth of knowledge. Thank you. And the thing is, is in mortgage though, things change. So the way that I may have done something before, it could change. But what I would always tell anyone thinking about a mortgage career is I would even start before that. I would start as like a closer or something that kind of, le- or uh, an assistant to a loan officer, a processor, because you're now you're understanding the whys. Why am I asking yeah. for two months of bank statements? Why do yeah. I need a verification? And then when you sell and your clients ask you a question, you don't sound silly being like, well, we just need it. People don't want to hear that. They want to say, we need this because it shows X, Y, Z. So anyone considering lending, I would say start out in a different position other than a loan originator. Sure. No, mm-hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So obviously, you know, your boots on the ground, you're working, you know, face to face with clients. You're also spending a lot of time um, educating, you mm-hmm. know, other or other um, lenders, uh, originators, and also real estate agents. What and and I know you you say that you love you know knowledge and providing education. How, how did you jump into that? And and even before that, how did you get going in social media and mm-hmm. and even video? You know, again, it just those things happen, right? So for social media, let's start there. I noticed I was getting, I was connecting with people in ways that I normally could just 
you know, face to face. And in fact, these people would see my posts and say, hey, I saw you had this product or gosh, Kayla, you seem so passionate. Do you do loans here? And so it just kind of started to snowball a bit with people knowing who I was from LinkedIn, LinkedIn, right? A professional platform. And I noticed people would call me the LinkedIn girl. And I thought, you know, I can post on a platform and reach thousands of people. I think I've got like six to 7,000 LinkedIn connections. Why wouldn't I do that? Because yes, I can go and talk to people in person and you should. Face-to-face is important. But why don't I continue to post? So I would post my closings. I would post, you know, hey, we've got this product and education. And so that kind of led into more the other platforms as, you know, Instagram and Facebook, you know, took off. But that's how I kind of developed that was I was realizing I could connect with people and have virtual handshakes and do it from any moment, any time. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone listening, if you're not using social media, you're missing out. It's a huge opportunity for free advertisement. When I see Andy Yegi everywhere, which Andy, your postcards come to my lake home. Um, I see you yeah. everywhere. And I associate that with, gosh, he's trying, he's working hard, he's investing and he's probably successful. I want to work with someone like Andy if I see your face everywhere, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I see a lender and I'm like, I've never seen this person, I've never heard of them, people are more hesitant to even, you know, if you, if you open up Google and you Google a lender and nothing comes up, same with a realtor, I think that's rare if you Google a realtor and right. they don't come up. But right. that's why I kind of dove into social more. So. No, I, you, you do a really awesome job and, you know, I, I think everyone could take a, a few cues from you, you know, myself included, because really a big part of it is, um, you know, is just getting out there and finding your people, building relationships and just attracting in my home office here uh, above my desk, I've got, you know, a number of different motivational things in quotes. And I'm looking at one from, um, you know, James Clear, who wrote Atomic mm-hmm. Habits. Mm-hmm. And it just talks about, you know, the most effective networking strategy I found has nothing to do with, you know, and, and even conferences, cocktail hours, cold emails, or, you know, any common ideas that you hear. You know, number one, do interesting things and two, share them publicly and like-minded people will come to you. And and that really epitomizes exactly what you're doing. And, and what I try to do as well is get out there, be omnipresent, show people that you're out there. And and, and it also gives them an opportunity to kind of get to know you and kind of feel Absolutely. out the calendar and say, hey, is Kayla a good fit for me? Yeah. And, and as I tell my clients, I said, I get to know your social security number, where you've worked, what's in your bank account. I get to know everything about you. So with every pre-approval I do, when I send them the application, I said, here's a link to my social medias, to my reviews, to everything that you can possibly know about me, because I know you're probably going to Google me anyway. Let me put that in your in your pocket. But I think it's important that you know the girl that's going to be handling probably the biggest purchase of your life. And guess what? I'm not for everybody. And that's okay. But the people that are meant to be working with you will come and not everybody is going to mesh well, but what a way to at least allow people into your world and see, wow, Andy's human. Oh my gosh. Kayla has four dogs. I have two pit bulls too. And it creates just this common um, connection that wouldn't exist otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And to your question on education, Andy, I wanted to start educating because I kept seeing failures. 
people, I talk about it every time I'm on here, not getting approved before they get a home, having terrible experiences with other professionals would break my heart. And I thought, how can I take education and social media and just combine that? And so that's one of the things that I do is even if clients aren't working with me, maybe they're working with someone in Texas, I at least can help them prepare and be proactive versus reactive thinking, gosh, what if I would have known this? So it's Mm -hmm. truly just about helping others. Yeah, no, I love that, Kayla. I think that's awesome. And I think that's ultimately why we're here is, you know, in, in the pursuit of service and helping people reach their goals. Yeah. And and everyone's going to find a different way to do that. And some people might not lean into social or other people might not really want to educate, but they're accessible. And for people in this industry, just find the ways to help others. Just find that way and, you're, and what makes you unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. So... That's what's worked for me. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. What, any, any other thoughts, Kayla, or, or you know, what else? I, I know you're really involved. What else, you know, do you do, you know, to stay involved in your community and, you know, even to just kind of stay grounded? I, well, I'm part of Homeward Animal Shelter's board of directors. So I'm involved with that. Um, that really brings awareness to, Um, the community, when I can be part of that, I get to hear a lot more. But I think there's always this effort of being like having success outwardly, right? Like you can do all the things, you know, make the money or sell the houses or be on this committee or what Mm -hmm. have you, right? Outward Outward success is difficult. It's hard, but we often don't focus on our inner success. So when you say stay grounded, I think about how do I kind of stay balanced. And honestly, I struggle with that. But I can say that some of the things that have helped me and probably Andy have helped you are I listen to tons of podcasts. I listen constantly to them when I'm driving or working out or whenever I can curling my hair, but continually opening your mind and being open-minded, meaning I might think that I could never do this. And I think that this is silly to just allow yourself to maybe change your perspective now and then like be open to that. Um, And I think time management is huge. I think you need to set boundaries and I think that you need to make time for yourself, your spouse, your kids, because no one is going to do it for you. And Andy, your clients might not realize that maybe you've been working all week and you've got 60 hours in And when they text you on a Saturday night, they don't understand that you, maybe you've been working, but you have to set those boundaries because no one is going to do it for you. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I learned, you know, quite a while ago is boundaries are so, Mm -hmm. so, so important, especially Mm -hmm. if, if you're going to stay grounded. Mm -hmm. Well, and also just your health, nutrition, diet. Have you done ice baths by the way, Andy? I have not, you know, I've read about them or, or, you know, certainly read about, you know, like a ice cold shower, which, you know, maybe is a little bit easier. You know, I try, one of the things I try to do every day is sauna. We have a, yes. a real sauna at home and, and I, I know you've got a sauna as well, but mm-hmm. I like clockwork. I'm doing yeah. it every morning and, and I really attribute it to, you know, staying in good health. Yeah. And I think it, once you do that, you, you cannot achieve outward success if you do not have that inner peace 
that balance because then it becomes chaotic. And so for those of you listening that want to achieve greatness and to hit these numbers and do these things and travel and speak, whatever it may be, make sure that you're, you've got peace in here and that there's balance because otherwise that pendulum is going to swing too far one way. So just my hands. Amen. Well, Kayla, we could talk and talk and talk about, you know, podcasts, about history, about, you know, ways to be successful in everything. And, 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 and talk we will over hopefully another 15 episodes. But I think uh, it's time to put a wrap on episode yeah. 15 of the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, hopefully we make it to 20, maybe 100. Who knows? The people <laughs> that will listen will find out. <laughs> They sure will. Well, Kayla, it's been great getting uh, to know a little bit more about you and your history. I hope you have a great rest of the week. I will if you will. See ya.